It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Where do things stand with the Carolina Panthers cornerback room as free agency approaches? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council. On Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the offseason, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now for this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. The Carolina Panthers and the rest of the NFL are now focused on the offseason as the Kansas City Chiefs for the second year in a row are Super Bowl champions. And they'll be talking about getting it repeat next season. Congratulations to Brant Tillis, Carolina Panthers Executive Vice President of Football Operations, as he now has three Super Bowl rings. The hope is with him now in Carolina, with Dan Morgan ascending to the GM and President of Football Operations role, and Dave Canales coming from Tampa to be the new head coach, the Panthers one day can be right back there playing for a Lombardi Trophy, but they have a long way to go before they're even close to contending, even for the division let alone an NFC Championship and a Super Bowl title. But one day, one day, I believe the Carolina Panthers will be there. Hopefully it's not in 30 years. Uh, Hopefully it's maybe in a couple years, but we'll see how that works out. But today on the show, I want to continue to look at position groups here on the roster as we head into the new league year starting on March 13th. The legal negotiating period starts on March 11th and free agency again March 13th at 4 p.m. Talked about the players who are free agents unrestricted here in Carolina and yesterday's show who should stay who should go today let's talk about the cornerback room here in Carolina and where it stands heading into the new league year starting off with JC Horn who when available is outstanding the problem with JC Horn is he has not been available for the Carolina Panthers he has only played 22 out of a possible 51 games compare that to the player who was selected right after him ninth overall to the Denver Broncos Pat Sertan out of Alabama Sertan has missed one game in his three-year career with the Denver Broncos that game coming in his rookie season in week 18 against Kansas City Chiefs JC Horn has missed games due to a broken foot suffered in 2021 a rib injury in 2022 a broken broken wrist, which was just friendly fire at the end of 
that 22 season and may have cost Carolina Panthers an opportunity to win the division. Had he been healthy that day at Tampa in week 17, I don't think Mike Evans has the day that he had that afternoon with Tom Brady. He also missed time to a hamstring injury suffered in week one against Atlanta this past year and missed another game later on in the season with a foot injury. So a broken foot, a rib injury, a broken wrist, a hamstring, and another foot injury have cost J.C. Horn 29 games so far as a Carolina Panther. This past season, he only played 276 defensive snaps. The most he's played in his career is 812. That snap count is below all the snap counts that Pat Sertan has had so far in his career in Denver. And it's fair to compare the two players, both of them coming out of the SEC, Horn coming out of South Carolina, Sertan coming out of Alabama, both top 10 cornerback draft picks selected back-to-back. The Panthers had the entirety of the defensive board to their disposal when they decided to take J.C. Horn instead of Sertan or any other player that was available at that point in time, eighth overall in the 2021 NFL draft. And for them so far, it has not worked out to the way that I think a lot of people, of course, Scott Bitterer, Matt Rule, thought it would at the time, and myself included. I felt like J.C. Horn would be a really good player. And the thing is, he has been a good player for the Carolina Panthers. The problem is he has just not been available. You look at his overall grade, according to Pro Football Focus this past season, it was an 84.1. If you ignore the PFF snap minimum, he was the eighth best corner in the NFL this past season. His run defense grade was a 79.1. He's always been a willing tackler. Dante Jackson, someone we'll talk about here on the show later on. He's someone who struggled in that department, but J.C. Horn, that's never been an issue. His physicality, he's always been a willing and able tackler at the cornerback spot, which you severely miss, especially this past season when the Carolina Panthers were dead last in run defense, according to EPA and a lot of other stats out there where they were the bottom two or three teams in the NFL. If you have J.C. Horn healthy, I do think that your run defense is going to be a little bit better. Now, it's up to guys like, well, Shaq Thompson, if he stays healthy, I think the same case, but it's up to guys on the defensive line to play better. But also, if you have players like Horn, like Thompson available, I think the Panthers' run defense isn't nearly as anemic as it was this past season. Uh, Coverage-wise, at an 83-0 grade, that would have been 12th in the NFL if you ignore the snap minimum. So he was a top 8, top 12 corner in the league when available. He only allowed one touchdown this season, had an 88.2 passer rating allowed this past year. He has been outstanding as a Carolina Panther, truly has been. And his PFF grades this past season were actually the best that he's had so far in his career. You think back to the two and a half games he played in his rookie season to begin the year against New York, against New Orleans, and that first half against Houston, he was outstanding. His grades back then are not even close to the grades that Pro Football Focus gave him this past season. If you compare all those numbers, his overall grade, his run defense grade, his coverage grade to Patrick Sertan in 2023, a season where Patrick Sertan was a pro bowler for the second year in a row, J.C. Horn's grades exceeded what Pat Sertan did. The problem, though, is J.C. Horn wasn't available for every single game like Pat Sertan has been in Denver the past two seasons, and that really is the rub when we're discussing those two players. And I think it is fair for Panther fans to wonder, had Pat Sertan come here, came to Carolina, would things have worked out differently? Would he have been able to stay healthy? Unlike J.C. Horn, still had the career he had in Denver, would they have a two-time Pro Bowl corner? I don't know. It's You would think that would be the case, but I still believe that J.C. Horn, when healthy, is a fantastic player for the Carolina Panthers and is somebody that you want to build your defense around, especially in the secondary 
in that cornerback's room. He just has to be healthy, and we're going to say that on and on again. I know I'm repeating myself here early on in the show, but that really is it. It's as simple as that. Good player, just not available. And availability is the best ability as the cliche goes. Now, the question the Carolina Panthers have to ask themselves this offseason is, do they take a risk on a player who they know is someone that was worthy of a top 10 pick based off of the performance that he has shown them when he's been out there, but also a player who they have not gotten nearly enough out of because he has not been available? Are they willing to take the risk of exercising his fifth-year option. According to OverTheCap.com, J.C. Horn's fifth-year option is projected to be worth $11.2 million. Now, with Pat Sertan, him having been a two-time Pro Bowler, his fifth-year option is projected to be $18.4 million. So the Panthers are saving $7.2 million because J.C. Horn, quite frankly, has not been out there and has not been able to show what I do believe is Pro Bowl-level talent. And the fact the Panthers also haven't been good, I don't know if he would have been a Pro Bowler. We saw what Derek Brown did this past season. It took guys having to exit the Pro Bowl in order for him to be able to go to the Pro Bowl games and get that this thing, this uh, that honor, which he absolutely was deserving of, whether players had to forfeit being in the Pro Bowl games and all that did not matter. Derek Brown should have been a Pro Bowler no matter what. J.C. Horn may have had the same struggles because of how bad this team has been record-wise, but his performance-wise, you look at the numbers, man, if he just is able to play 14, 15, 16, 17 games, which we would love to see, the NFL would see just how good of a player he is. I just feel like right now, though, sitting here on February 13th, the Panthers have until May 2nd to decide whether they're going to exercise fifth-year options. They need to go through free agency. They need to go through the draft before they come to a decision on whether they want to do that. But to me right now, I just don't see how you can run that risk. Horn's contract is over after this year if they don't do that. And it's a possibility where he comes out plays well. The Panthers then are going to have to try to tag him next year, or they're going to have to try and get him a new extension, and that can make things a little bit more complicated. But is that better to do that, or is it better to give him the $11 million after seeing him miss 29 out of a possible 59 games rather in his first three years of his, of his career? I think it's fairly simple. You want the player to be around, but you just want him to show you that he can be out there and help this team win games this upcoming season in 2024. So to me, it's unfortunate because I do think he actually is worth $11 million, but I would not be willing to make that bet if I'm the Carolina Panthers heading into the season. Don't exercise it, and it's completely different than C.J. Henderson, who just didn't have the performances and the talent that was deserving of $11 million. Horn has the performances. He has the talent. Just does not have the snap count that would be a, that would warrant the Carolina Panthers giving him that eleven point two million dollars in twenty twenty five. Meaning the Carolina Panthers don't have a single corner under contract in twenty twenty five. That is something we're going to discuss later on here on the show. But fifth-year option for J.C. Horn, it's going to be a no for me right now. But things potentially could change as the Carolina Panthers go throughout the rest of the offseason. What about Dante Jackson? He has the second-highest cap hit in Carolina this offseason. Could he potentially be a cap casualty? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. 
What a football game that was, but as usual, the commercial stole the show in my book. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs, from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. Whatever watch party or anything party you got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season is over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, winter. I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. Hop on the app and make Make your day a little easier. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your sad friends in San Francisco, all on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Taking a look at the Carolina Panthers cornerback room as we are a month away from the new league year beginning here in the NFL. March 11th is the beginning of the legal negotiating period. Then on March 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern, those deals that are agreed upon will become official. It will be the beginning of free agency, the beginning of the 2024-25 NFL league year. And very excited to see what Brant Tillis, Dan Morgan, Dave Canales, and the rest of the scouting department front office here in Carolina can do to try and piece together a team that hopefully will be far more competitive than what we saw in 2023. No 2-15 season, please. I think the Panthers can find a way to be a little bit better, if not a lot better than that. Now, I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but there's still some time to see what this roster looks like as they head into the new league year. But looking at the cornerback room today, just talk about J.C. Horn, the fifth-year option. Seems pretty obvious. The Panthers just, they can't risk it. If they did it, I honestly wouldn't hate it that much. I do think Horn is a really good player, and if this is the one year he finally stays healthy and he plays the way he's played so far, the Panthers are going to look like geniuses. But the smart thing to do, knowing that he's missed 29 games out of Apostle 51, is to not give him $11 million, let him play out the season, and then play the franchise tag slash extension game next offseason if you get there. And that's the hope. You want to be in position next year with J.C. Horn where you have the headache of trying to negotiate a new deal with him, having to place a franchise tag and try to figure out how those things work. And you also have the deal with Derek Brown. If they're not going to extend him this offseason, we'll see whether they want to do that or not. He's playing as fifth-year option coming up here in 2024. Do they want to be in the same situation where Brown has shown that he's a pro bowler, he's an outstanding player, defensive tackle, that is a premium position in the NFL. You saw what a guy like Chris Jones did this past season in Kansas City, what Aaron Donald's done, not saying that's who... Derek Brown is, but Derek Brown is an outstanding defensive tackle, an outstanding defensive lineman overall for the Carolina Panthers and in the NFL. He's going to be playing on a fifth-year option. Are you going to be in a situation next year where you're going to have to try to tag him instead of J.C. Horn? So it can complicate things, but that's the reason why Brant Tillis is here from Kansas City to step in, work with the cap, work with contract negotiations, figure those things out for the Carolina Panthers. It's a good problem to have. It's a problem we want the Carolina Panthers to have. I just don't think right now it's the wisest decision for the Carolina Panthers come May 2nd, and they have plenty of time to get to that decision. I don't think it's the wisest thing for them to exercise the fifth-year option, but if they did it, 
it may work out to their benefit down the road. All right, looking at Dante Jackson, though, he played in 16 games in 2022. And coming into, or 2023, rather, coming into the season, I discussed at some point, Horn and or Jackson are going to go down with an injury. And it turned out to be J.C. Horn in the second quarter against the Atlanta Falcons. Fortunately for the Carolina Panthers and for Dante Jackson, who dealt with the turf toe in 2020, that really played him in a year where he actually played really well for the Carolina Panthers when he was out there, not hampered by the turf toe, but it was a reoccurring issue that just did not go away until the year was over in 2021. Dante was okay, had the hamstring that cost him the rest of the season, or maybe it was a groin, hamstring or groin, lower body injury. Then last year, the most serious one, the 2022, the most serious injury of all, tearing his Achilles. The way he bounced back this season, the comeback to play 16 games. Uh, the only other time he's played that many games was his rookie year in 2018 when there only were 16 games in the NFL regular season. He played 91% of defensive snaps that were available to him when he was out there, only missed one game this past season. It was the first year in his career where he did not have an interception. He did allow an 11, a 111.1 passer rating, according to Pro Football Focus. Only 2019 was worse for Dante Jackson, so not the best year for him as far as those numbers goes. He allowed four touchdowns, did have six pass breakups, but he was out there. He was available, and he was able to give and provide some leadership to the Carolina Panthers this past season, which has been sorely missing the last couple of years from Dante, guys like Stephon Gilmore who were out, of course, J.C. Horn who went down. The Panthers have gone out, and they have really put a lot of resources into the cornerback room, and they have not gotten the greatest return. Not like Dante had the best season, but Dante was available. And that's a big thing for the Panthers when it comes to that position group where they just have had so many issues with his injury, with JC's injury, and some guys in the past like CJ Henderson. He's had his own injury problems. We have seen, I think it was a guy, who was it? Was it Deshaun Jameson or DiCaprio Boodle, one of those guys? This past season when they had to step in, they went down with an injury. Uh, you just saw a ton of guys in the secondary get injured. So good to see that Dante was able to play out this entirety of the season, only missing one game in 2023. Now, as far as his cap number goes, that is going to be something that Brant Tillis is going to have to figure out whether he wants to bring back Dante Jackson, who is carrying a $15.7 million cap number in 2024. That is only behind Taylor Moten, who has a $29 million cap number. We talked about that last week when breaking down the offensive line and how to fix it in this 2024 offseason. If you look at Dante Jackson's contract and some of the decisions, whether you want to trade or release him pre-June 1, this is according to overthecap.com, there would be a $9.7 million dead cap hit. The Panthers don't have a ton of dead cap money at all right now. $3 million from Justin Houston, um, some money from Brandon Smith, and then there's another player. They have a couple hundred thousand of dead caps. So they're not in a bad dead cap situation like they've been in over the last seemingly like three or four or five offseasons. They would save $5.9 million again salary cap if they do release him now post June 1st trader release designation 5.1 dead cap hit in 2024 then 4.5 in 2025 10.5 million dollar cap savings in 2024 but that though would limit the Carolina Panthers and their options on how much money they could spend once free agency opens up and a big piece of this is what's going to happen with a player like Brian Burns are the Panthers going to be able to get a deal done or are they going to have to tag him and then negotiate and then hope by time the new league year comes that they are able to come to terms with Brian Burns 
or are they going to be really hamstrung, only have about six plus million dollars and have to really think to themselves, do they want to have Dante Jackson at a $15 million cap number? I'm guessing they're probably not going to want it. I don't think Dante Jackson is worth that high of a number. They could restructure his deal. I, I wouldn't advise that. They could do it. That would save $5.8 million. So you would at least have Dante on the roster. It's basically the same amount of cap savings that you would have if you cut him pre-June 1, but you would still have an experienced player who's been with you as a starter for the past six seasons. You look at his numbers this past year, according to Pro Football Focus, as far as his overall grade. He had a 64.3. His coverage grade was a 66.6. Run defense, never his strong suit of 52.3. His tackling grade was like a 47.1. He was 64th out of 127 qualifying cornerbacks this year. That's actually below Shaquille Griffin, who started a couple games late in the season, he was 53rd. Troy Hill, who stepped in to play a lot of the slot this year, he was 73rd. Dante, with a $15 million cap hit, according to Pro Football Focus, played worse than Shaq Griffin. And that is a smaller sample size. Dante played far more snaps than him. He played more snaps than Troy Hill. He played basically at the same level as Troy Hill and Shaquille Griffin this past year in Carolina. And I don't think that is deserving of that high of a number that Carolina Panthers are going to have to eat, especially if they're not able to get some deal done with Brian Burns. So I have my concerns of whether Dante Jackson will be back here in Carolina because of that. Because you have two players, Troy Hill, Shaq Griffin, who have played in the scheme. And have, like, Shaquille Griffin goes back to his time in Seattle. So he knows, of course, uh, Dave Canales and some of the coaching staff that's come over here so far, like Tracy Smith, the special teams coordinator, Brad Idzik, who's the OC here in Carolina. He has a relationship with those guys, maybe not as strong as if they were defensive coaches, but still they know who he is. Troy Hill, he has a great relationship having been in L.A. with the Rams, having played this past season. I feel like he played pretty well considering what was expected out of him as a 31-year-old slot corner who had to be thrust in that position after the Panthers had some issues uh, as far as the injury bug goes early on in the season, really the entirety of the season in that secondary. He has a relationship with Jero Vero. Jero Vero's back. So is the entirety of the defensive coaching staff. You would think that's somebody that at least should get a camp invite. And I said yesterday on the show when talking about stay or go, who should stay, who should go, I felt like both of those players, they were worth at least signing a one-year deal, bringing them back next season and plug him into this defense. And it would be at a cheaper cost, cap number-wise, together, I would think, than it would having Dante Jackson back. And have those guys coming in, playing good enough football, having that relationship with the scheme and with the new the head coach here in Carolina, we'll see. We'll see what Brant Tillis and Dan Morgan and this coaching staff decide to do with Dante Jackson. I just look at that number, and Taylor Moten, $29 million, that's a ton you're not replacing Taylor Moten at right tackle. And I know it's a very it's a deep tackle class coming up here in this draft. The Panthers don't have a ton of picks. And if they want to take an offensive lineman, cool. I don't think Taylor Moten's the guy they should be trying to replace. If anything, they should try to extend Taylor Moten, and that would actually open up about $13 million uh, against the salary cap. That would help the Carolina Panthers, especially if they have to tag Brian Burns. Now, we'll find out whether that's going to be the case. Dante Jackson, though, that is somebody to look at as a potential cap casualty here in Carolina. Would hate to see it and appreciate what he's done in Carolina. I've always felt like he's been just okay. Never felt like he was a number one type corner. He's had his issues in the past going up against some of those top receivers as a number two been fine he's got ran some interceptions over the course of his career a lot of that too is just kind of luck not necessarily all the time being skill solid player 
but is he a player worth taking up that much of your salary cap this offseason? I would say no. The Carolina Panthers, though, with Dante Jackson possibly being a cap casualty, with J.C. Horn's fifth-year option likely not being exercised, and only having a couple other young players who are on the roster as corners and no one signed past the 2024 season, it would behoove them to be interested in a corner in the draft this year. We'll look at some of the top draft prospects the Panthers could be looking at here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. The wait is almost over. North Carolina FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to our state. On March 11th, we'll finally be able to bet on all our favorite teams in all our favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's a ton of ways for you to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from the money line to over-unders, which team will win this year's Tobacco Road rivalry, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, with live betting, you can even pick which player will put up the next bucket and the one after. After that, see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on so you can be the first to know when FanDuel goes live in North Carolina. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Taking a look at the Carolina Panthers cornerback room as we head into the new league year free agency and look ahead to the 2024 NFL draft in Detroit. Forgot it was going to be up in Detroit this year. So good for the Motor City. Have a really good football team. Should have been in the Super Bowl. They were not. And they have all their coordinators coming back. Ben Johnson's going to be back there with Dan Campbell. And now they have the NFL draft. So good for uh, Motown to have that all figured out. The Carolina Panthers, though, they have... Plenty of things to figure out before they even get to the draft, like what they're going to do with Brian Burns, what they're going to do with Dante Jackson and his cap number, and who they're going to try and sign in free agency. And understand that free agency, that is going to really set up what the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to do with their six draft picks in the 2024 draft. We can sit here and talk about what to do at 33. You can say that the Panthers need to get an edge rusher if Brian Burns is not going to be here. That You can say the Panthers need to get a left tackle to replace Ike Aquano so he can play guard. You can say the Panthers need to go out there and get a wide receiver. You can say they could get a corner. There's plenty of thought processes right now about what the Panthers should do at 33. But until they go through free agency and they get to the month of April, we really don't know what should be the priority. Now, for the Carolina Panthers, the priority should be getting the best player available because the Panthers don't have very many good players. But what kind of position should that player play? We'll have a better thought really, I guess, idea rather who that could be once we get past free agency. But looking at the cornerback room right now, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, Deshaun Jameson, DiCaprio Boodle, Lamar Jackson, Carolina Panthers version of Lamar Jackson, and A.J. Parker are the only corners that are currently under contract for next season. Horn, Jackson, Jameson, Boodle, the other Jackson, and Parker are all under contract for the 2024 and not a single year past there. Now, there'll be some void years, like with a guy like Dante Jackson, but the rest of them, 
After 2024, they are unrestricted free agents. We'll see how things play out with uh, J.C. Horn and what they want to do with him. I don't think the fifth-year option really should be an option for the Carolina Panthers. If he plays well this season, then they'll be here next season trying to figure out an extension, which I hope will be the case. And really, seriously, God, that would be great for the Carolina Panthers. But long-term, you cannot look at any of those six players currently on the roster and say that, for sure, they are going to be here with the Carolina Panthers. If Horn's not healthy again this season, I just don't see how you keep him around. As good of a player as he is, he just would not have shown you enough to, that he could be healthy, that you could depend on him with the contract. Dante Jackson, I don't think he's going to get a third contract in Carolina, so whether he gets cut or not, this is probably his last year. Jamison, Boodle, Jackson, Parker, really Jamison and Boodle. I don't think that a Jero Averro and that Dan Morgan, Brant Tillis, and Dave Canales are going to be building their cornerback room around those two guys as their lead corners. The Panthers really need to go out there and draft someone. And this is honestly insane in a way that the Panthers are even in this position. They drafted a corner, eighth overall, who as we've talked about several times so far, is a really good player, just not healthy. They went out there and they traded a third-round pick in Dan Arnold for a top-10 pick from the 2020 draft in C.J. Henderson, and he turned out to be a dud. They traded for Stephon Gilmore and did not re-sign him, and Gilly's gone on to have success in Indianapolis really this past season in Dallas. They could have used him the last couple seasons. The Panthers... So they extended Dante Jackson. They have put a ton of resources into the cornerback room, and yet they sit here on February 13th heading into free agency a month from now, and they don't even have a, con- a corner under contract past this fall. That is just... A com- that's organizational malpractice, that they messed it up that bad, that Henderson was that big of a bust. At Horn, it, it's just that's tough luck more than anything. Jackson, I think you probably were planning at some point to try and have someone to replace him. That was Henderson. He's not the replacement at all. So the Panthers, they got to bring in some corners. And I would say they may even need to get two corners uh, this draft that they have. If they have the capital to do it, only six picks right now, that could become more. That could become less picks. We'll see what Dan Morgan's able to do. Scott Fitter did a fantastic job back in 2021 going into that draft. What I, I believe he only had six or seven picks and coming out with 11 draft picks. Now, the draft picks, a lot of them weren't great. Keith Taylor was a corner who was drafted then, and he did not show too much of the Panthers in the two seasons that he was here. was cut uh, prior to a really at the at the initial cutdown back in August, but looking at Mo Kiper Jr., he has his top ten ranking of corners. Cooper DeGene uh, out of Iowa. He's also 13th on Mel Kiver's big board. I see a lot of people have him going in the first round. Nate Wiggins out of Clemson. He's 14th on Mel Kiper's big board. I see plenty of mock traps also having him go in the first round. I've seen him firsthand when going to see Clemson games in the past, whether it was I, I saw him at the ACC Championship game a year ago, went down to the Clemson game this past fall down at Death Valley. That guy is outstanding. Don't know if he's going to be there for the Carolina Panthers. I've seen him go in the first round. I've also seen him in the second round. So maybe he is going to be there at 33. Uh, on Arnold. Alabama secondary with him and Kool-Aid McKinstry, who's seventh on Mel Kiper Jr.'s rankings. But I have seen, again, it's been really interesting. Like there's DeGene and Quinion Marshall 
from Mitchell, rather. Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, who was one of the stars of the Senior Bowl down there, Mobile, uh, a week and a half ago. He's 17th on Mel Kuyper Jr.'s big board. He's fourth overall in his rankings. Quinion Mitchell has really been the only guy, him and Cooper Regine, who um, appear to be like the surefire, like first-round draft pick corners. And I've seen five or six guys in multiple mock drafts be projected to go in the first round. But I've also seen some of those guys be projected to go in the second round. So Cooper DeGene out of Iowa, Nate Wiggins out of Clemson, Terry on Arnold out of Alabama, Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo, Kamari Lassiter out of Georgia. I've only really seen him go in the second round. Ennis Rakestraw Jr. out of Mizzou. They had a great defense this past year under Blake Baker, who's now left to go to LSU. They were really good defensively the last two seasons, and he was a prime reason why that team – I. They won 11 games. Like Mizzou won 11 games, beat Ohio State in the bowl game. Make of that what you will. He didn't play in that. He was trying to rehab, I think, like a quad injury. He's a really good player who's got some good length, and I think he would be outstanding for the Carolina Panthers, especially as somebody that could replace Dante that could be opposite of J.C. Horn. It's just whether he's going to be available or not. T.J. Tampa at Iowa State, Javaris Brownlee Jr. at Louisville, Kalen King at a Penn State, those guys wrap up the top 10. I don't think DeGene's going to be there. Um, I would, I'm willing to bet Nate Wiggins won't be there. I just can't see how that guy's not a first rounder. Same thing with Terry on Arnold, him and Kool-Aid. I think him and Kool-Aid McKinstry are both going to go in the first round. And I, I've, I didn't watch Toledo football this past year about a Quinion Mitchell. Apparently has really got himself in there. He's and Ennis Rakestraw feels like another first round. There could be five, six first round corners and damn, that's a position the Carolina Panthers really need. Those are the names to look at. I think Lassiter, I I think he's somebody that, that could really be a possibility for the Carolina Panthers. Rakestraw, maybe. I think he's a first-round kind of guy. But it's going to be possible that one of those dudes in 33rd, you're basically in the first round anyways. You're not technically in the first round. You don't get the contract flexibility with the fifth-year option. But essentially, you're getting that type of player. And we heard the former general manager here, Scott Fitter, say that meat of the draft a lot of times is between 16 and 40, that a lot of those players maybe aren't that discernible. I, I think that's and that may be the case of this quarterback class. I I really want the Panthers to to be looking at a player there at 33 at corner if they're able to take care of their wide receiver problems. And maybe even that should be uh, maybe a bigger focus. I don't think it is because Bryce Young is what the Panthers are focused on. It's why Dave Canales is here to fix Bryce and for the team to put some weapons around Bryce, which they did a terrible job of doing last year. I just know that. That long-term outlook of the cornerback spot is not looking good just based off of the conversation that we've had and what the contracts look like for Horn, Jackson, and the rest of the corners that are currently signed here in Carolina. Nick Bumgarner of The Athletic, he came out with a Super Bowl with a post-Super Bowl mock draft, rather, on Monday. And he has the Panthers taking Andrew Phillips from Kentucky to start the third round, 65th overall. Don't want to wait that long if that's what they have to do. That's what they have to do. That's the problem with giving up all those draft picks and not valuing them. That's what Scott Fitter said. Oh, we're going to value our draft picks. Never did that. And has Panthers in this precarious situation heading into the NFL draft late in April. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all scribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on 
Friday. I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. The important thing you have to do is actually send me the questions in by either adding me or DMing me on Twitter at Julian Counts to get those in by Thursday morning if you could. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.